Welcome to the Midnight Entrepreneur. I'm your host, Easton Bennett, alongside my fellow co-host, Tyler Sinden. We are both entrepreneurs who are learning, growing, and building our own businesses, and our goal is to share our experiences and knowledge to help you grow and become a successful entrepreneur. Strap in. Tyler, what's going on? Episode 15. We're back. Episode 15. Yes, we are back. Uh, not too much over here. Um, you know, just going about our days. What about you? A uh, couple long days. Just said that before we uh, hit record, but... Long day yesterday, editing a bunch of stuff. I told you that I've started to implement more of a time blocking. I know last time we talked, we were doing a lot of, or I was doing more to-do lists and then just crossing off top threes. Went back to time blocking because I was feeling like I was in a little bit bit of a rut. And now the last couple of days have been absolutely just flying. I feel like when you first started your to-do list, I'm going to guess that you were flying as well. I feel like it's switching back and forth. It's something new. So maybe you're going to have to just constantly switch back and forth when you get in that rut. 100%. That's actually what I was thinking. I think I get bored. And obviously, that's today's topic is shiny object syndrome. And we're going to get into that. But (sighs) I get bored doing one task or doing it one way all the time. Yeah. I think that ties into our last last week's episode about, you know, with the new new environment, going out to a coffee shop, or maybe that was two weeks ago, but getting in that new environment, getting some new spark of innovation or, you know, inspiration going. It's got to get out there and do things. And that's where I was thinking on the drive home today, we had a shoot for Gooseneck Implements and we were shooting some, uh, they have new tech coming out where the technician can see the glasses through so like you wear the glasses and then they can remote help you fix it so you don't have to bring your equipment into the shop so you throw the glasses on it's almost like a spy kids type deal it's kind of cool so it's like vr or ar type of stuff yeah it's it's it was pretty sweet live webcam type of deal yeah and then there's a remote operator yeah there's a remote operator on the other side and he pretty much says like okay and he can put arrows and circle things on the screen and on your glasses so you can see what he's pointing at so pretty much the video uh, we shot today was explaining AI. that because they're going to start uh, they're going to start pitching that to uh, the people they work with that can buy the glasses and then they won't have to bring their stuff into the shop. So that's what I was doing today. Long day of shooting. I uh, got another long night. We're filming this podcast and we're filming another podcast after this. So uh, it helps though with the old uh, the time blocking. You just put it on the calendar and then it's set in stone. You have to do it or you get arrested. <laughs> Don't want to get arrested. You got another podcast after this? Yeah, we're filming a three dudes episode because uh, one of the guys on the podcast is leaving for Christmas break. He'll be gone for a couple of weeks. So we're going to stick a couple in the vault uh, just so we have them for those couple of weeks we can't film. But yeah, should be a good time. Should be a long night. But other than that, um, Seems like it. trying to think of some other things that's up with me. Your retainer. Yes, retainer. So locked in a retainer uh, towards the... I don't know when it's going to start. I'm thinking probably January or maybe. A, well, I'm, I'm going there in December for sure, but I don't know when the retainer portion will start. And then I'm thinking it'll be a three to six month window. I told him I'd like to do six months minimum, but pretty much it's in a different city, which is four hours away. So it's going to be a new adventure, something that I haven't had before, a retainer outside of Minot. And it's really to start expanding into different cities. And we were talking about pricing, how I'm going to go about that, because we were talking about compensation. Really, I'm just trying to cover my expenses to get there, stay there. So I'm at least breaking even. And then hopefully I can make a little bit of change on top of that. Uh, But it's a relationship I want to build to one, get in that city. And because 
there are certain clients you work with that you think, okay, this down the road could be a big thing. And sometimes you got to take those risks, take those opportunities. And uh, this might be one of those clients. So that's kind of the thought process behind that. Yeah. What kind of business is this? I don't think, I think that was one thing that you said we'll touch on here. Yep. It is a, uh, they make barbecue sauce and hot sauce and uh, steak seasoning and rubs and all that. So it's actually a retail product and they're in a bunch of different stores in North Dakota. They're in Shields, uh, most grocery stores you go to. So really they're starting to expand into the Midwest. And I think if I can kind of latch on and grow with them, that'll be exciting. Uh, and it's nice because the guy is actually, I don't know if he's my age or a year younger, maybe. I want to say he's my age, but he's my age. So it's cool that you can spitball these ideas with a person that's in the same position as you age-wise and business-wise, where some clients you work with might be 50, 60 years old. They don't know the new things up and coming. So it's it's fun to work with this client when we're so similar. Yeah, that are they going to be running commercials like nationally or in the Midwest or is it just going to be social media or where's that, where are those videos going to be at? I don't know about commercials like TV wise, but I know he wants to get into the paid advertising where he can start running Uh paid content on Facebook and TikTok or wherever it might be. And really I told him, I said, Hey, I want to use your business as a case study to start showing other clients how this works. So I want to give off, I'm going to offer him as much value as humanly possible to grow his brand from where it's currently at. Maybe I think he has 600 followers on Instagram. He just launched a TikTok. So really, I want to throw the book at him, come up with all my ideas, exhaust every option, and for six months, see if we can get this thing to absolutely blow up. And if it does, you know, we can sign on for a longer case study, whatever that might be. But I want to use it as a portfolio piece to show people if it does work, hey, we did this for X company. We'd like to do it for you too. And here's the proof. So would it be to grow the social media following? Would it be to generate more revenue, a mix of all of it? Or what's what's going to be the goal? Have you guys determined that yet? Uh, we haven't. I think it's going to be a mix of all of it because he said he wants to do organic content. He wants to do uh, stuff that's you know, easier to watch where it doesn't take so much or less of like the selling videos. And then he wants to do more of the actual paid advertising, the higher end commercials. Uh, and I, I told him, I said, Hey, I think, you know, it'll be, I'll come to Fargo once or twice a month. We'll shoot all the content in advance and then you'll have it for that month. And then, you know, we'll get on a call once every couple of weeks and discuss the strategies, how things are working and go about, you know, what are ways we can make this better? What's working, what's not working. So really it, I'm trying to put a $10,000 product into the lowest amount that I could accept taking for something like this. Yeah, that's interesting. Cool, cool product. I, uh, that's that's a different type of product to be able to, you know, consistently c- come up with pro- or ideas for videos and, you know, content. So it'll be interesting yeah. to see what you, what you do with them. And it's exciting because his ideas, he's down to do a lot of stuff. So if I say, hey, we need to start a series on, you know, trying your hot sauce on different foods or whatever it might be, he'll be like, okay, let's do it. And he's always gung ho. He wants to do it. If I'm like, hey, start a podcast on hot sauces, he'd, I don't know if he'd be down to do that. But if I pitch something like (laughs) that, he's not just going to be like, that's stupid. You know what I mean? He's willing to try whatever it takes because, you know, he is my age and he is in touch with how the culture is going now. Have you seen hot ones? I have. And that's why I'm like, dude, we got to start something like that. 
Yeah, that would be pretty cool. Because even if you're not YouTube, yeah, even if you're not like, hey, try our hot sauce. If you just start a show and it's just presented by Big Deck Barbecue, which is the company name, then people uh-huh. are gonna be like, oh, eventually I'm gonna try this hot sauce because there's a sweet show I watch where people burn their tongues off or whatever it might be. <laughs> so yeah, I I don't know if this is what you said, but like just trying it on every single piece of food and seeing if it works. Maybe it's like a TikTok series where it's, you know, you try it on eggs, you try it on celery, yeah. you ch- try it on broccoli and see it, see how it tastes. And, and just rate I, I it. Yeah. Just, yeah. Won't be the worst thing yeah, ever. That'd be content. Yeah. But that's, that's where that's going. I'll have more updates moving forward with this. I have to get him some more information uh, by tomorrow. And then I'm going there on December 17th. So this comes out on... Probably the thirteenth, I think. The thirteenth is Monday, or no, twelfth. I think December twelfth. So this comes out the twelfth. I'll be there the weekend after. Um, so yeah, that's kind of an update on my end. Uh, I decided I'm going to start filming some weddings in 2023. I think had like four people reach out yesterday, which is absurd. Uh, so other than that, nothing really new. Uh, anything new on your end, Tyler? Big year for you. Big year. Uh, not too much, you know. We're just going about our day to day. We had a meeting today and I think that's one thing that we need to be doing more often. And I think I'm one person that is not a big fan of meetings because they can be a huge waste of time. But what I find is, you know, weekly check-ins and planning out, it helps motivate you a little bit, gives you some direction and, you know, gets both of you on, on the same or similar track and, you know, plan out a little bit. And that's one thing that, you know, we had a little period where we weren't really performing well and I think one thing that we were missing was the meetings that we would do because when we first started we were doing weekly meetings always checking in figuring out stuff that we could do planning and whatnot and we just had one today and it was good and I think it was a week or two ago so we've been back on doing it and getting you know our meetings and that that really helps us you know plan out a little bit and actually get us motivated to do some stuff so other than that you know, just trying to implement what we're planning. I underestimate meetings, I think, because I work for myself. So there's not a ton of meetings that I have. Like I'm not in the corporate world where I have a meeting every half hour where I almost wish I had someone to have, like, this is kind of like a weekly meeting, but if I had someone that was really in depth, like working on Bennett Creative Media on the day to day that I could meet with and say, Hey, let's do this or that or this. I think that'd be super beneficial, but I'm not at that point. I'll be a consultant for you. There you go. We'll have to pay you. (laughs) not not at the start we'll see how we go you're like i'll take royalties three percent of every sale (laughs) yeah yeah we'll do Uh, that we're trying to generate more revenue here i know last week you mentioned touching on your guys's uh movember do you want to touch on that before we get into the topic oh right yeah so movember we obviously had our promotion and we were donating 100 percent of our profits and i don't know how much of our social media. We didn't do as much as, you know, we hoped for, but we tried our best to be out there, spread awareness and, you know, hopefully just raise a little bit of awareness for, you know, November and both Nuevo. And we did have our best month for sales in terms of once we scaled it back from ads, we had our best month organically, which is really cool to see. I don't know how much of an influence was from our social media impact, but it was really cool to see that we were able to do that, help raise some awareness, donate. And, you know, it was just a good month. And, you know, it was one thing that 
I think it's getting other people on board with you to where you're pushing each other and helping strive for a bigger, bigger goal. Because I know with my business partner, Riley, he wasn't really a big runner and I was running before that. And with Movember, you got to get out there and move a little bit. And he went from not running at all to running two miles every day. And that, you know, motivated him to do more. And I think just being around other like-minded people helps motivate you too. Because another thing that he was also doing was doing 200 sets of, or 200 reps of abs in addition to his two miles. So I think it's just being around other people that are, you know, helping motivate you. And that, that was just one cool thing that I noticed with Movember. It, you know, got us motivated to do stuff together and, you know, be better with each other. Which is exciting when you have someone else to do it with. Cause a lot of times you do things by yourself and you're like, Oh, it's just the same old thing every single day. Uh, do you guys think it's going to be something you're going to do every year? Yeah, I think so. Because one big aspect of that business is supporting Movember and, you know, men's health, men's mental health. And uh, 1% of our sales do go to towards Movember. And that's just been one thing that we've always had. And we just decided during Movember, why not just, you know, donate 100% of our profits. And that's what we did. So I don't see why not. It's, you know, a good way to help raise awareness for Nuevo. And also we're supporting a great cause. So I, I think we probably will. I don't see why not. Yeah, it's pretty cool. And it's something now that it's an annual thing, you can look forward to it and people can start to feel like, oh, if I'm going to buy something, you know, in November, I can do it. Uh, so yeah, it's kind of exciting doing something uh, year over year. So good work, Tyler and team. Uh, Thank you, but that's Yeah, that's our, that's our little brief <laughs> talk to begin the episode. We're going to be talking about what we like to call shiny object syndrome in this week's episode. And Tyler, we both kind of went through this. We do here and there. What will be your definition of shiny object syndrome to these people? Definition. I think it's just going from one thing to another thing constantly and not sticking through long enough on that one thing to see it through. Where do you think it stems from? I think that's about it. Uh, Boredom, probably. Boredom (laughs) or just, you know, seeing an opportunity and thinking grass is always greener on the other side. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's not always not always greener on the other side. And you don't really know until you actually try it. And I think people just lack patience. And I think that's one thing that our society right now struggles with is patience to be able to stick it through. They want everything now. We live in a, a really instantaneous world where we order on Amazon. We get it the next day, sometimes within same day. It's just everything's now, 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 like text messaging, calling, everything. So I think our lack of patience is where shiny object syndrome comes from. And that's an extremely long definition. What do you think? (laughs) Well, one thing that will always hold true in my experience is that you, there are little few things that actually are overnight successes that happen. And okay, this worked super quickly. Most things when you're going about the business world that I've experienced for myself, it takes a long time to build them. So that's one thing that we might be losing a little bit in our culture with how things are. Like you said, texting, calling it so fast, TikTok fast, the attention spans are shorter and shorter. So if you can somehow trick your mind into thinking, okay, I just need to ride this out. I have to be patient with it. It's not going to be an overnight success. Most things aren't overnight successes. That's really when 
you know, things will start to turn for you, I think, a little bit. There's a quote by Steve Jobs. I forget what it is. And I know one thing that we uh, always talk about was like, you know, we started out really hot with our quotes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> We've been trailing off a little bit, but we burned them up. Uh, the quotes, yeah. If you look closely, most overnight successes took a long time. Which is true. And I didn't realize that yeah. because I used to see people getting famous on YouTube and now people are getting famous on TikTok and yep. think, why can't I do that? Why I should post a video and be famous? Well, then you look back at their accounts. They posted 500 YouTube videos. They've made a thousand TikToks and or they've been in business for 10 years and they're finally getting people there. I interview a lot of business owners on the other podcast and a lot of them say, you know, my business didn't really pop off until we were doing it for however long. And yep. that maybe is skewed to the public sometimes that people just think, oh, you're lucky. It, it was so successful right away. <laughs> and here's a quote for you. You're only crazy until it works. Then you're a genius. I don't know who said it, but uh, I think I texted you that yesterday. Maybe. I can't remember. But Albert yeah, Einstein. We'll go yeah. with it. <laughs> and if you didn't, then quote me. I made that up. <laughs> but that's one thing Albert I really Einstein, believe. Easton Bennett. <laughs> yeah. Because I was talking about my buddy. He was deciding where to go and what he wanted to do in school and where he wanted to go after that. And we were talking about when I used to film videos in my parents' basement. Man, were they cringy. They were, I was literally in my bedroom. I was filming them. You, it just wasn't super professional. And I was acting professional, the old fake it till you make it. And looking at that time, they were cringy. I'm sure people are like, man, this is hard to watch. But after four years, you forget about those things. And I don't know if no one sits at home and they're like, man, you remember how cringy those videos were? Yeah, they, they don't think about that. And that's one thing that helps you is that was all practice for you. Those years that you were doing that in the basement, you learned how to be in front of a camera. You learned how to light. You learned how to use a camera. And, you know, that that adds up. So you lo look at Mr. Beast. You look at Marquise Brownlee. I think they had 100 thousand plus videos before they actually blew up and became this overnight success and people don't really realize that and one thing that i heard about google and the founders there they didn't really care about blowing up they said if no one finds us for another day that's better for us because that gives us another day to get better oh i like that quote is, is i might be paraphrasing it but it's something like that so it's you know it, you, you, you're not, you're getting better constantly. And when you're practicing, when you're putting in that effort, I think when you're doing the shiny object syndrome and you want to avoid it, I think you have to go into something and say, I'm going to do this for a minimum of five years or minimum of 10 years or whatever it might be. Whereas a lot of people, they'll get a new job or they'll start a business and then they'll give up after, you know, a couple months. And it's tough to build, you know, Amazon wasn't built in a couple months or even a couple years. It was built in like 20 years. And that overnight success, that took a good 20 years. Yeah. Rome wasn't built in one day. That's what they say. And it's funny you say that because I've subconsciously to myself always thought that when I start a new venture, if I want to start a new podcast or I want to start a new business or whatever, I always pick a certain amount of time. I'm going to run with this for however long. Let's say it's I'm going to do this for three years. I'm committing to three years. If it doesn't work in three years, I'll reevaluate. 
And I had to tell that with the, you know, even this podcast, when we talked about starting this podcast, we said, we're committing to 20 episodes. If we have to look at 20, yeah, if we have to look after 20 and think, man, this is just, we hate doing this or whatever, then we can. But we committed at the beginning and said, hey, we're doing 20 episodes. 20 episodes puts us in the top 20% of all podcasts. Uh, so I think setting terms of how long you're going to do things, the longer, the better. Obviously, if you start a business and you say, I'm going to do this for 10 years, you're going to see more success than if you say, I'm going to do this for two. But subconsciously to yourself or writing it down, committing to a certain amount of time is super beneficial. Yeah, I you hear a lot about people with podcasting. They say first year, first five years, they didn't have barely any listeners. And then all of a sudden it just starts that hockey stick where, you know, you're kind of mm -hmm. going there and then a few people here and there pick it up and then it just starts snowballing and becomes a huge success. And it doesn't happen if you don't put in that time, you don't put in that effort and all that time and effort adds up in practice and you become better for when that person does stumble upon you, say in a year, say in two years, say in five years. Yeah. One thing I always say, you don't know what you don't know. And really the only way to get through that, unless you have a mentor or someone that's helping you is to work through it, especially podcasts and creating content. I don't know what's a good podcast because I've never filmed a podcast before. If you do 50 of them, you're going to have a little bit better idea. So if you work out those kinks, that's really when things are going to start to turn or should hopefully. How do you feel about the old uh, jack of all trades, master of none, you know, niching down people say, should I niche down into one category? What are your thoughts on that side? I feel like that's where I'm leaning towards. I'm becoming like a jack of all trades and it's not good. But at the same time, it's the the show Dirty Jobs where he just bounces from different job to job. I'm like, man, that would be cool to try it out. See, you know, get all that different experience, see what job you like, see what job you don't like. And I think it's good to figure out what you do and don't like. But at the same time, when you're bouncing back and forth, if you were to just choose one and stick with it, you're going to be that much farther ahead comparative to yourself if you you know keep bouncing back and forth or compared to someone else that's just coming in so it's that long-term effort of you know sticking with it and i think with me marketing such a wide wide-ranging subject like there's so much within it where you can learn all of marketing and i think that's what i'm doing which is you know somewhat jack of all trades and master of none but I'm mastering marketing as a whole, if that if that's possible. But yeah, yeah it's hard know, to think. Well, it's hard to look at because there are so many different ways to view it. You can view it as, yeah, I'm not mastering any of these things. I'm I'm a little bit. I know a lot about a lot of them, but you know, you're not a master of one. If we talk about video production and content creation, do you go as far as to niche down and say I'm only doing videos for? chiropractor or maybe i'm only doing interview videos is that niching down too much or is the video production are you mastering video production how far do you break it down to yeah. say i'm mastering this like how far do you need to say okay this is my thing does it have to be super super niche or is it kind of just basically like i'm mastering video production but i can do a plethora of different things from what i hear is you want to niche down as much as possible because then you're able to charge a premium because you're the expert, you're the best in this one specific area. So you're going to charge the most for it. You say you do niche down into only chiropractors. The tough thing about that, I don't know if you would give exclusivity. And then if you're in a small town, you're, you know, you'd only be able to have one client. Yeah. So 
it, it gets a little bit tough in that area. But I think niching down, being the expert in this one area and then growing that. And then I think that's, you know, what you hear a lot about. So, yeah, it's tough. I don't know. What it, you, might, it seems like you're starting to branch out. Yeah. I mean, I like to do a lot of things because if I feel I would get bored if I did. And maybe that goes back to shiny object syndrome. I feel like I would get bored <laughs> if I did one specific kind of video every single day. If I had to film an interview video for chiropractors every day, I'd probably get bored. I'd be like, I've done this a thousand times. And I think it varies based on what business you have. If you have a great example is there's a lot of website companies out there that say, hey, we just do websites for optometrists. So we're just going to do websites for optometrists. If you want a, you know, a website for your eye doctor business that you're starting, this is the company to go with. They don't do it for dentists. They don't do it for chiropractors, just optometry. Whereas that's easier because one, you know, websites are remote. You can get on a call. You can talk things through. You never really have to be there in person. You can ask them for assets, say, Hey, we need photos or we need videos for the website. And then it's in charge of the business to go out and hire that to either get professional photos or videos done or copywriting, whatever it might be. But businesses like that are easier to niche down because there's not much one-to-one contact in person. Whereas video production, if I'm filming just for chiropractors, well, maybe there's only seven in the city I'm in. There might I be think it opens, 1,500 across the country, but... I think it opens up the opportunity to be able to be traveling and mm-hmm. go to different cities. And, you know, maybe you just do it for the very best chiropractor in every single, you know, city. So you're yeah. just traveling to city, to city, to city. And I think it just opens up that opportunity to be able to do that instead of just, I don't know, I think that... For that specific uh, industry, I think that's what it would be. But at the same time, you might you, you saying you get bored that, you know, someone doesn't go into playing a piano and think I'm going to get bored playing the piano and want to branch out to playing the guitar. They yeah. master it. They put in their 10,000 hours and that's how they become such great at great pianists because they put the time in, they put the effort in and it's playing the same instrument all every all day, every day. So... I think a better comparison would be mastering one song on the piano, though. The piano is video production. The song is chiropractors. So if I'm if I'm mad, if I play the same single song every single day, yes. But if I could play any song on the piano, that's like video production. I can film any video. I've mastered the piano, which is video production. So that's where you know the comparisons are. You can take them however you want. There's obviously comparisons to argue one side versus the other. Not that we're arguing about it, but it's it's interesting. It's interesting to look at. It's really a lifestyle choice, you know. Do you want to film one thing, or are you going to get bored? Like I would get bored. I like meeting new clients, trying to tell stories of different products, different stories. That's what I enjoy about the process. So would you say that you bounce back and forth then? Because before I was thinking that you haven't, you've avoided chasing shiny objects because you've other than your first business you created this business and you stuck with it i don't know what when you're on like year three four now you've created it you stuck with it and you haven't bounced around you haven't you know seen another opportunity and be like oh i'm gonna chase that especially when you first started out you i don't even think you had any clients yet maybe you had one and then someone offered you a job you know it's avoiding these opportunities when they come up and 
you know, you're saying no to those opportunities. My shiny object syndrome is inside of the video production field. So I'll film a video like we filmed a video today and then I don't really want to edit it. I just want to say, okay, I want to go to the next thing. I want to film the next Start thing. Start outsourcing, man. Like, I feel like, oh, that project's <laughs> done to me now. I already filmed it. You know what I mean? Uh, Start outsourcing. So I'm going to. That's 2023's plan. I'm going to put together like a 2023 plan of things I need to be better at and things that'll save me time. But that's, I would say that's my internal shiny object syndrome is that once I film something and meet with a client, it's just pretty, I'm pretty bored after that. Like now that the footage is on my computer, I know I got to sit down and not do anything for eight to 12 hours and just put it together. Uh, so that would be my shiny object syndrome. But yeah, I haven't really, that's a tough thing to say, shiny object syndrome. But I haven't really balanced from business to business or opportunity to opportunity because I do enjoy filming videos, I think. How, how maybe did I just you got stumble lucky. upon... How did you stumble upon, okay, would you say you got lucky or how did you stumble upon becoming such passion, such, such passionate about, man, video, yeah. so passionate about videos? Uh, I think I always tell people it stems from movies. Like I love movies and stories, but I don't know if that's really the answer. I wanted to start a show and it started, you know, with, you know, I was interviewing teammates that I was playing with in Canada and then I learned how to use a camera and really it stemmed from Peter McKinnon. I watched every single one of his videos and I'm like, man, this camera stuff is cool. You can make cool videos. So I don't know if it really stemmed from movies or what it did. Maybe it was a plethora or a combination of both, but I think there was a factor of luck in it where I just kind of stumbled into it, into cameras. I had no idea. I like cameras. I picked one up and I'm like, oh, this is kind of fun. And then I stuck with it there. Did you tell yourself that I'm going to stick with this until five years, six years, 10 years? Or did you tell yourself any of that? Or did you give yourself a deadline where I'm going to quit this? Well, when I first picked up a camera, when I was doing the stuff in Canada for a couple of years, I didn't really think about it as a business. It was more, let's make cool videos. Let's learn how to do all the camera tricks. I'll make fun YouTube videos with my friends. Then once I moved back to North Dakota, I decided, okay, I got to try to start making some money with this. And then from there, I never really looked back. I kind of just committed to this as this is the business I'm going to run. I always knew I wanted to run a business. This is what I'm going to run. And I'm going to make badass videos and <laughs> tell some crazy stories. And then I've just kind of been running with it ever since. I've never really thought uh, if I should quit or if I should look for a different opportunity. Have opportunities come up other than that first one when you first started? job uh like job offer wise i probably have had yeah. two but they're or like doing... a different or wanting to go into a different industry different business no it was just the two uh job offers and they're both just internal video production so it's just like hey come work for me and do video uh we'll pay you a salary but i was like nah i like uh i like doing whatever i want during the day <laughs> so i don't know but i i what are your thoughts on people you know, finding their thing. Cause I know it's difficult. A lot of people say, well, I don't know what I want to do. And Gary V always talks about, you just got to try a bunch of different things, but what are your thoughts on it? I think, I think that's what it comes down to too. And a lot of people say, you know, go after your passion, chase your passion. But at the end of the day, your passion doesn't pay the bills. And, you know, you might have to have a day job to be able to fund everything. And, Maybe you're doing your passion on the side, whether that's videos, painting, underwater basket weaving, whatever it might be. 
you know, you at the start, a lot of a lot of the times your passion isn't going to pay the bills. So you got to figure out what's going to pay the bills and then try and fit, fit it in on the side. So it, you're the, able to bounce back and forth too. The passion thing is an interesting subject. And maybe we can do an episode on this about working in your passion. But I saw an article of a, it was a guy that started like a waste management company, multi-million dollar company that just went around clean garbage. And the person was like, do you really think he was passionate about cleaning garbage? Or did he find a gap in the market and hit, maybe he's passionate about building something? You know, your passion doesn't necessarily have to do with a specific service or something, but it does have to do with, it can, it can do with granular things like, hey, I really like building a business or I like taking things from point A to point B. That might be a thing. That might be your passion. Or I really like working with people. Okay, what can you start where you're working with a lot of people? Yeah, I I think that's pretty pretty good points where I think a lot of people, you know, have that passion of they what they do is they build a business and then they sell it and then they build another business, they sell it, yeah. build a business and they just have a passion for that. They don't really care what the industry is. They they just have a, you know, that mind to find something it you know that gap where mm -hmm. you know this market needs this this market needs that and then they're able to go in there build that and they're just really good at that and they know how to do that and i think that's similar with alex where it's not building it it's taking something that's already established and scaling it yeah do you think like elon musk was he when he made paypal was he really passionate about delivering an opportunity for people to pay each other online no probably not but he's maybe passionate about tech and, you know, software design and engineering, whereas he found something that fit into his quote unquote passion. Yeah, I definitely don't. I think a lot of people, even with Mark Cuban, Mark Cuban did something similar as well, where I think he streamed basketball. He was the first person to stream college basketball in the Internet. And I think he just saw a, a market availability there or, you know, a market know gap that. where he could. Yeah. He, I think he originally started with a bar at, I think he went to University of Wisconsin. I don't know where it was, but he started with a bar and I think it was fairly successful. And then he created uh, this online streaming platform for college basketball. And he was the first one to do that and probably wasn't passionate about it. He was just had that mindset. He had an idea where hey, there's this opportunity here. Let's pursue it and, you know, see what we can do with it. Yeah, and he was probably passionate about sports. You know, that's what, and then he built a business around sports. That's a lot of things. Like, I guess if you looked at my passion, I'm passionate about movies. I love movies. I love TV show, all of it. Well, you know, I can't just sit and watch movies for my job 24 seven. That's, that's my passion, but I can't make money. So if you pivot into, okay, going to the video production field, that's how you kind of, you know, use your passions to, to find your, your thing. Seems like this episode's getting into a passion episode. Passion. <laughs> we love it. Uh, uh, what else we got on our notes here? Uh, something that you would spend hours a day on, you know, that's something you do have to look at the 10,000 hour rule. Yeah. I've, I've been struggling with this recently because I've just been trying to think I've, I'm seeing a lot of these people that are extremely good at their craft there's this freestyle rapper, there's this guy playing a piano, there's all these people and you just see them, you're like, holy crap, they're so good, they're amazing, I wanna be like that. And what, what I'm starting to realize is 
they've been putting in 10 plus years of their craft to be able to get to where they're currently at, to where they have everyone saying, wow, this guy's amazing. This guy's, and I, I'm trying to figure out what I want to be able to, you know, put all that time and effort into and what I'm going to, you know, enjoy or have fun doing in the process. And, you know, that's where I'm struggling a little bit right now. Yeah. Cause you do have on here that you've been struggling a little bit. Have you thought any more about what things that you've you're quote unquote passionate about back to the passion, part of the episode. <laughs> but things that you'd be willing to put 10,000 hours towards to become a uh, master of it. Man, honestly, I, I like travel, but it's, I, I, I'm just thinking that I should just stick with marketing. I have a couple years in already. I don't know how many hours that would be, but I'm fairly knowledgeable there. I, I know and understand the industries and how marketing works i have a good understanding and i'm just trying i'm just thinking maybe i should just stick with that a little bit and then you know pursue that try and be the best marketer i can possibly be and just put in the time and effort for that and if i don't like it i don't like it but i think later down the road i forget that saying where you can't see the dots connecting forward but you can see them connecting backwards and that's what i'm thinking maybe maybe this is what it is and I just need to stick with it. And then later down the road, I'm going to be able to see it coming backwards and it was marketing and it's leading me to these bigger and greater opportunities. That's what's exciting about going into ventures like this. You never really know where you're supposed to be going. Like you're like, eventually I get to a point and you're like, oh, it all makes sense now. Is this big old dive, you know, connect the dots and that's how I got here. Yeah, so... That's that's one thing I'm struggling with and that's what I'm thinking I should just be doing and not be bouncing back and forth because you know you, you got to be able to stick it out to be able to see the long long-term game. If you constantly bounce back and forth, you're not going to be able to see it through to the end and you're not going to be able to reap the rewards. You got to be able to plant that seed, be able to water it every single day and then in 5-10 years, then you'll have that reward. So I feel like I'm already a good, good, good chunk into the marketing realm. Just maybe stick with it. What are your thoughts on knowing when to get out? Because obviously there are times where something isn't going to work. You're going to have to quit. I hate using the word quit, but you're going to have to move on to something else. Do you have any strategies or thoughts on knowing when that's, you know, something that you should look into? There's a good book by Seth Godin called The the dip, which is basically this premise where, you know, you have those ebbs and flows in a market where you get really excited, you get really passionate, and then all of a sudden it dips down, you lose, lose motivation, you don't want to do it. And a lot of the times like you're going up, up the scale, but at the same time, you're going to have those dips. It's not going to be straight linear up. So you got to know when it's going to be like a dip and when you're still going up. And when you go into a venture or a business, whatever it might be, to have an end plan is what he what he says. I'm not going to quit if this happens, but if this happens, I'll quit. So it's just having a game plan going in and maybe it's just having a set thing. Like you said, I'm going to do this for at least three years. I'm going to do this for at least five years. And then if nothing comes out of it, we'll see where I'm at in three or five years. And that's one thing that Alex Ramosi talks about is help me get to X point, I'm willing to do whatever for the next 10 years. 
And when you think on such a large scale like that, possibilities are endless, you know? Dude, 10 years is bonkers. Like if I right now committed and yeah. I say, I'm going to do Ben and Create a Media for 10 more years, I'm going to be 34 years old. Like if, if, I, so can't, if I can't make video work at age 34, <laughs> I'll move on. <laughs> Gary V would cut his limbs off to be 34 years old. <laughs> yeah, he would freaking swim with the fish. He'd turn into a fish if he could be 34 again. Yeah. Did you but, hear yeah. that one thing that he said? It was so stupid. He basically, he, I'm pretty sure he said that. He said, I would cut off my limbs to go back to be 20 years old or 25 years old. <laughs> I'll be a nugget. Yeah, I'd, no, I'd, I'd, like, just, I'd have people push me around. <laughs> I'll be a chicken nugget. I'll be a vegetable. Yeah. Some of the things he says is crazy. I do agree with a lot of his points, but yeah, I mean, he sometimes goes off the rails a little bit. Uh, so we talked about uh, kind of how you're seeing that a little bit. Is there anything else you want to talk about shiny object syndrome? The only thing I really want to say is one thing that's helped me is to automate the processes that get me into the ruts where I don't enjoy doing something in my specific field. So my shiny object syndrome is going from project to project. If I can automate and use my time as if, as effectively as possible for the stuff that I don't like doing to get that done as quick as possible so I can do the things I enjoy, that helps a ton. Whether that be video editing and I have a super seamless process to vet, edit videos quicker, to organize footage quicker, if I can minimize the time doing the shit work, it really helps me with the shiny object syndrome. Yeah. I feel like, yeah. That's how, Are you finding any good ways to automate that? Mm, I, I mean, I try to automate the whole editing process as much as possible because I hate it. Um, how do you automate it? Maybe, yeah. Not automate, not automate's a bad word because it's more like, how do you do things effectively? Streamline. Yeah. Streamline would be a better word. You know, we were talking last night, keyboard shortcuts. I have made my keyboard shortcuts so user-friendly with my left hand so I can literally edit for the least amount of time possible. I've figured out ways to organize my footage in folders that every single project looks exactly identical. So I'd waste no time looking for any footage anywhere. So just things like that that are shortening the time that I'm sitting at that damn computer is really <laughs> is really what I'm looking to do. And then I can go out and do the fun stuff, you know, talking to people, meeting people, shooting different videos. That's the stuff I enjoy doing. So that's that'd be my last piece of advice for the shiny object syndrome. The stuff that's making you feel this way and wanting you to move on to a different project or a different venture, see if you can get the shit work into a bucket where it takes the least amount of your time possible, the least amount of effort. You don't have to focus on it a ton and then do the stuff you actually like and enjoy doing. I think doing the shit work is really good because when you do that shit work, you do those tough times. When the easy times come around, you're going to be able to fly through it. You know, you, you got everything's, you went through all these tough times, you went through all the shit and you, you were able to go through it. And now when the easy times do come up and arise, you just crush it. Yeah. I mean, I'd rather not have the shit work. That's why I'm going to start outsourcing. <laughs> but I hear you on the other end of things. <laughs> well, I feel like at the same time, you, you've already put in that work. You've, do, you've been yeah. doing it for three years. So you've done a lot of it. So I think you've already done a lot of it. And I think that's a part of the whole struggle in the start of you know starting a business, whatever it might be. You're going to have to put in a lot of that time and effort for that shit work. And you have to understand the stuff you don't like doing by doing it. Yeah, exactly. 
and figure out what you do like, what you don't like, what you're going to be outsourcing, what you're not going to be outsourcing, what you think is high, highest priority task, what's not highest priority task, and what moves the needle. I like that. Uh, anything else I've, to touch on for you there? Yeah, I have one question for you because you you can maybe say, I don't know what you bounce from your timeline, but you did start your business with your clothing company first, and then you switched it to the video production company. Was there a reason you switched? Why? Because I, I feel like we could classify this as a shiny object where mm-hmm. you quit that and then move to this. Did it just didn't seem viable? You didn't like it? What What happened there? Yeah, there was a couple determining factors. The first one being I didn't, I knew the work it took to make it successful. And I didn't like doing that work. Not that I didn't like doing it like, ah, this is boring. It's like I didn't feel comfortable doing it because a lot of work, it was a clothing company, a retail company. I didn't like asking people or telling them, hey, go buy my clothes, right? Or do this, do that. I didn't like... Cause and I felt morally wrong because I would wear Walmart five dollar white t shirts every single day where I'm like, hey, come spend twenty five dollars on a t shirt for my company. It just didn't exactly. It just didn't really make sense. So that and then I realized if I wanted to make this a full time thing, the the scale that I had to get it to, and I wasn't willing to put in that much time. The profit margins on clothing, especially the clothing that I was selling, was so low. It's not like it was horrible, but if you're making, you know, eight to $10 on a t-shirt, you know how many t-shirts you have to sell to, you know, make a living for that month or how many sweatshirts or hats. So the scale you needed to have, it almost needed to start as a side hustle while I was doing something else. And I realized that early on, which was good. And it helped me learn a lot of the business things, but those are the two first things where I'm like, okay, maybe this retail way with clothing isn't the way I want to go. Okay. Gotcha. Did you go in with a mindset of I'm going to do this for a year or I'm going to quit at this point? How long did you do it for? Uh, I probably did it for two and a half years, two years, two and a half years. And I never really thought to myself, hey, I'll try it for this long. But I went into it thinking I'm going to start a huge, massive company. I was very naive, blind confidence. We (laughs) talked about in a previous episode. I didn't realize I knew nothing about business. I didn't realize. I think if I started a clothing company today, I'd be much more successful. Um, you know, maybe I, if I relaunched that company, I would know better ways to do it, especially with the knowledge I've gained. But yeah, I mean, I just realized early on, I'm like, okay, this isn't gonna, this isn't gonna fly. So you gotta stick with it. Five, ten years, you'd be chilling right now. You'd be barstool. I would. That would be. I'd be at year. <laughs> six or seven right now man that would be crazy actually but i don't know yeah, what i would have been doing the last three years how much money <laughs> would have been making. yeah hey, that's part of the struggle yeah but no i mean yeah just got, i got lucky there knowing early on and i kind of had an idea and my passion for it kind of died out a little bit um i don't I, mean, I was never back then i wasn't really into that much fashion i wasn't a great graphic designer so the designs weren't amazing i didn't really care what i wore now i care a little bit more but yeah i mean there were just so many factors that added up where it's like okay let's try something else okay makes sense yeah uh let's get into this week's business idea i have failed us and uh did not bring a yeah i did not bring a business idea to the episode this week but good thing tyler had two last week that i could choose from and i'm going to choose the second one that we didn't talk about last week for this week's episode so tyler get into this week's business episode i promise i'll have one next week 
<laughs> and uh, macro restaurants. That is the name of the bit this week's business idea. Yeah, I I think it depends. So it's going to be a really niche market that you're going to be targeting this towards. And also it probably does exist in some cities, but having a macro restaurant where it lays out all your macros for your foods. And I think it would primarily be really healthy foods that, you know, maybe people that promote a healthy living, they work out, they run, you know, they want to eat healthy. They care about what they're putting in their body. That's going to be your niche target market. So it's going to be, it's going to be a tough market to get into and you're not going to be targeting every single person. So it's going to be basically a restaurant where you go, you on the menu, you have all the macros and it's also going to be really clean. So it's going to be, you know, your, your chicken breasts and I don't, I don't really salads, um, yeah. you know, healthy foods. And basically it's just going to be chicken and salad. quick and easy. <laughs> yeah, pretty That's much. That's the restaurant you know, name. Hey, it's called chicken and salad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not a bad idea, but I, I, I'm pretty sure I saw one around where I live, but it's not a restaurant. It's just grab and go type of deal, like maybe meal prep type of thing. So there is that aspect of it. And I know meal prep services are pretty prevalent and have, you know, take have a little had a little uptick in the last few years because a lot of people are care more about their health and wellness. But I think just having a restaurant around that area with all the health, wellness, tracking your macros. I think that would be pretty, pretty interesting possibility. I like this idea. And now the more that you explain it, I knew the business idea just from reading it, but I like this idea that almost an influencer or someone that really promotes healthy living and healthy eating and these diets or whatever it might be, this might be a good venture that they could go down. You've seen David Dobrik. He just opened some pizza restaurant or something or another. Uh, Dobrik Pizza, uh, something like that. Uh, so he opened that and other influencers, you know, Emma Chamberlain started a coffee company where if you think your favorite fitness influencer, if they opened a brick and mortar restaurant in New York City called, you know, Chicken and Salad and pretty much everything on the <laughs> menu was macro, like you would really appeal to one, the followers that you have because they're loyal enough to go to your brick and mortar restaurant and the people that are uh, you know, people that go to the gym, guys, girls, whoever it is, uh, and that really care about that healthy living. But I think it might be a good avenue for someone that already has amassed a following. It might be difficult to start if you're just Joe Schmo and you're like, hey, I want to start a business. Yeah, especially be because restaurants are already a really tight margin mm. business to go into. Going into one that is extremely niched down makes it that much tougher. Yeah, but... If you have that audience, I think it makes it tremendously easier. So if you want to be a fitness guy one day, Tyler, you should uh, amass a following on fitness, bring it in to chicken and salad, and uh, yeah, Start I'll do videos for it. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. You can get a TRX or what's the steroid called? I don't know. There's some Oh, trend. Trend, yeah. Yeah. There you go. We'll, we'll hop on. We'll hop on. Do a few cycles. Yeah, a few cycle. My last cycle was last week. <laughs> I see those. Currently on creatine, but creatine's there not bad. Uh, yeah. I almost took creatine. I did take creatine for a little bit when I was playing hockey, but then I was like, ah, got to go to the gym more if I'm going to take creatine. <laughs> uh, but no, I do like that idea. And especially if it's more niche down, I'm really into the idea of influencers and 
internet personalities branching off into different business ventures that are specifically niche to what their followers know about that influencer, such as maybe it's a brick and mortar restaurant or Emma Chamberlain with the coffee company, things that the, their followers know they like start delivering them a product. It helped your followers mm-hmm. already there. You can sell it to them and it gives you another source of revenue. Yeah. Even Mr. Beast opened up his beast burger or whatever it's called. Mm. He just has yeah. that fault. He could literally sell freaking oxygen yeah. and people would buy it. Yeah. Like even Peter McKinnon, he sells a camera backpack now, camera bag. And if you're a huge Peter, Peter McKinnon fan and you have just disposable income where you want to buy the most expensive camera bag on the market, you can do that. <laughs> it is there for you. Uh, so yeah, I mean, if more influencers would go in that direction, it might get oversaturated with some people thinking, oh, I'm this big influencer. But uh, I know like you betcha. Have you seen the you betcha guy? Like if he was yeah. to create some Midwest product, I'm sure a lot of his Midwest people would want to buy that. For sure. I, I think he did do something. I don't know. Maybe yeah. maybe not. I don't know. I, don't I feel like him, he did. But yeah. so, okay. yeah, I like that idea. Macarations. Good call, Tyler. Thank you. All right. Uh, anything else you want to touch on before we wrap this episode? I think that's about it. Anything Perfect. you want to touch on? I don't think so. Uh, hopefully I have more uh, business updates next week when I have, I've got a couple of meetings this week. I actually got a text in the middle of this episode saying I've got some 2023 video plans. You have time to meet this week. So um, that's something I can maybe touch on next week. But yeah, I think that's good for now. Perfect. That's episode 15 of The Midnight Entrepreneur. If you have any questions you'd like us to cover or answer, you can email us at themidnightentrepreneur at gmail.com. If you found value in this content or found this entertaining, share this with a friend or post it on your story. If you really enjoyed the show, we'd love a rating and a review on wherever you're listening. Talk to you guys next week for another episode of The Midnight Entrepreneur. Entrepreneur.